0: unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible-carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, well,
1: well, well shepherd sunday shepherd like a savior lead us what a wonderful time and a wonderful theme to preach <laughs> so anyway but we have a great episode for you same old song well that remains but, um, to be seen mm-hmm. but i do uh <laughs> it's right but this is the fourth sunday of easter uh, traditionally known as a uh, shepherd sunday and uh, you know Not Uh, nothing says jesus this
0: is good shepherd Uh, no
1: but when there's lots of images that come to mind when people talk about jesus jesus the healer the king most people think of jesus as the judge but um you know jesus the shepherd what a wonderful image because that is uh literally um uh the image of all of israel and what israel was to be that is the image of god like right there in a person so um for us and if he is the good shepherd then we are his sheep and he's come to get us and save us so uh our readings today are from acts chapter 4 verses 5 through 12 and uh first john 3 16 to 24 and john 10 11 to 18 but before that let me ask the shepherd of the shepherds aaron zimmerman how are you doing today
0: well, that makes it sound like I'm a bishop, and I resent that. Uh, <laughs> I am doing okay, though. Um, uh, it is a beautiful. You could sp- be.
1: You could be my bishop, Aaron.
0: Oh, uh, thank so. you. You can. You can be my bodyguard, and uh, you can <laughs> call me Betty, uh, or call me Al. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful spring day in Wacoco, Texas. We are recording this in the end of March, actually, and we're by the time this. Uh, is heard by you listeners uh we hope to be back at in-person worship because all the trends uh the metrics for COVID are going the right way down here um so again but as 2020 and 2021 and basically life teaches us we are not in control of anything so mm. i'm glad we have a good shepherd uh jake anything you what do you have to say for yourself you doing okay
1: well i don't have much to say for myself you know i'm kind of like you i'm uh i'm um you know, looking forward to uh, another couple of weeks, and then we're uh, we're off. But um, I would say that, um, but the listener will never know that. But um, that's right.
0: Yeah. Um, FYI, um, listeners, Jake and I are both going on sabbatical, not together, although that would be fun. Uh, mm. But at the same time, so all of the episodes that you're about to listen to for the next, like, starting in two weeks, will have been re- pre-recorded much before. So, like, if in July there is some sort of zombie apocalypse, our same old song episode will not reference it at all, but just don't don't think that we don't care. We just don't know because we can't see the future.
1: Yeah, but this is Shepherd Sunday, and I do think that. Um, well, I would uh, I would do something with Psalm twenty three, whether it's like an offertory or something like that. Just thinking ahead. Um, so, but um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to say. I'm feeling good. I'm
0: stroking my beard. <laughs> uh you You're know thoughtful you just need a pipe and a brandy snifter and you'd be good to go <laughs> classic you'd be like peak episcopal priest okay well i have some things to say uh, my, my beard has uh, my beard has shepherd all over
1: it i'm <laughs> it telling does, you dude. just does. shepherd all over it uh, it's oiled it's ready to go no oh, i thought so, that, i thought
0: there was like crumbs from a bunch of triscuits or something mm, not okay. at all no that's that's
1: glistening oil so, anyway. Running over beard the, oil. Beard,
0: the, the of Aaron's robes. Okay. over it's, the collar. It's chrism. It's chrism. So anyway. Don't say that word. Okay. Acts chapter 4. Chrism uh, oil. <laughs> Jake, I'm trying to teach the Bible. Okay. So, Acts chapter 4, we're in Jerusalem, and Peter uh, has been arrested uh, because of his healing and just mm. not backing down on this whole Jesus story. And so, Annas, the high priest, we remember him from the crucifixion of Jesus story, uh, they all get together to deal with, um, with everything that's going on, the prisoners that are Can, in their midst. Yeah, go ahead. Well,
1: I mean, this is, yeah, right, kick off. You know something's wrong here. Um, this is false religion coming up against um, real religion because uh, you have Anani- Annas, the high priest Caiaphas, John, and then Alexander, uh, you know, all who were of the high priestly family—I mean, Alexander is clearly a Hellenized name. So right. um, you know, this is uh, Levitical purity lines are not, not, not happening here. So
0: yeah, and uh, yeah, the, these folks were deeply involved in the conspiracy to get Jesus and to have him arrested and to have him mm-hmm. crucified, and that. That whole mm-hmm. thing. And so, you know, they thought they were going to get rid of this little Jesus problem. And it turns out they only made it worse. It was sort of like mm-hmm. they had a small uh, uh, oil fire on their stove and they threw some water on it and it just flared up even more. The other thing, um, uh, to if, if memory serves, uh, I think Annas and Caiaphas are actually related. I believe Caiaphas was like the former... Uh high priest and now uh Annas, who yeah. maybe is his son in law or something like that, has kind of mm-hmm. has has taken over. So uh, And two random dudes, John and Alexander. Yeah, of whom we don't know <laughs> yeah. we don't know much. Yeah. So but uh yeah. But they, and Annas had been had been high priest before yeah, and Caiaphas actually so here's the right thing. Caiaphas, I just looked this up. Caiaphas is the son in law um of Annas and was yeah. uh was kind of the official high priest at this time. Anyways, and Annas' son is John. So all that to say is these are all people in cahoots. This is like sort of a high priestly organized crime family who's trying to get, who got Jesus killed, but it didn't work according to their plans. And they're they're tr- they're still trying to root it out. They have not learned their lesson. And Peter, again, it's important that he's filled with the Holy Spirit, as it says in verse mm-hmm. eight, because we know Peter on his own is not this bold. He's not this smart. He's not this <laughs> compelling. Uh, he's the one that told Jesus not to die. He's the one that denied Christ three times. So he uh, says, uh, "Look, we did a good thing. We healed a sick man." But uh, the important thing is not that we did this, but Jesus Christ did this. By the way, the one that you crucified.
1: Yeah, the miracle's not that important. The miracle's just gonna confirm what we're about to tell you.
0: And I think the thing for... What could you say to your congregation about this, other than an interesting look into the political and theological dynamics of the Second Temple period, which is a total snooze? Um, What can you tell your people that matters? It's this. Paul or Peter says, Jesus is the stone that you rejected, but it has become the cornerstone. And what this means is the thing in your life, which is the shame, which is the hidden thing that you don't tell anyone, the thing in your life where you are most broken, uh, the thing which has, um, if anybody found out your career would be over... <laughs> This is the place where God works. This is the theology of the cross, not the theology of glory. Jesus works most powerfully when he is covered up with the sins of the world, bleeding, broken, a humiliation, and a humiliated one uh, who people can't even bear to look at because it's so horrifying. That is the place where God is most at work in the world. And this is what Peter is saying to the uh, the powers that be, these great rulers of the temple, who... Uh, you think um, that God works through you. You think mm-hmm. that God works through powerful human institutions. You think God works through money and politics and all that sort of stuff. But actually, no. He he. Um, God is in Juarez, Mexico. God is in the, the the refugee camp on the other side of our border, uh, with one portable toilet for five thousand people. Like God yeah. is in the lost. God is in the least, God is in the abandoned and broken. And uh, this is how God's salvation works, not through power, but through weakness. And and so, Mm. as basically saying, as much as you try to kill us and stop this movement, because this movement is based on weakness, because this movement is based on resurrection coming out of death, the more you kill us, the more we rise. And so, then this is good news for you individually and for us as a people. That's right, and this this is the beginning
1: of the theme of Shepherd Sunday. Uh, versus hireling Sunday um, is that hireling Sunday says, hey, what are you doing, 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 doing? And uh, shepherd Sunday says, look what Jesus has done, done, done. And indeed, because he is a stone, as you said, that has been rejected, he can clearly speak to the rejected parts of your life. And it's only in the rejected parts of your life that you hear clearly there is salvation in no one else. Mm. You know, if, if it's sort of rejected, well, then there's, there's room for me to win but if i've been completely rejected well um, i need salvation from outside of me and uh, that's where i can hear that there's salvation in no one else aka jesus rejected with me but yet risen and ascended at the right hand of the father um, save me and yep. so that is uh that's i mean really what this is getting at so we
0: come now to first john chapter 3. First John 3:16, not John 3:16, but first John 3:16, this letter from the Apostle John to these early Christian churches and he we've yeah. been in first John for a while and he continues this incredible voice, the voice of an apostle, the voice of one who is with Jesus, the beloved disciple. Uh, um, and he is writing to all these churches. And a, a, a church that by now is more a little bit more established, also a little bit more persecuted. Um, and he's writing to them about what the Christian life looks like. Mm. And he says uh, that obviously it looks like laying down our lives for one another. It looks like love. But remember, we do this not to get anything we do this only in response to something this is not as jake you have said it's not a work it is a fruit it is something that is produced naturally and he says we know love by this that he laid his life down for us so that's where we start and then yeah. so we ought to lay down our lives for one another um and he gives a concrete example if i always thought it was a, i a thought, thought it was a, a sunset a sunset yeah, we oh. know love by this, by a great sunset. That's right. But anyway, sorry. Sunset, about that. or maybe sometimes when you see like a puppy and a kitten playing together.
1: Yeah, a warm fuzzy.
0: That's so nice anyway, thing. but
1: it, it's BS. No, it's this is how you know God loves you—that uh, Jesus died for you.
0: Yeah, as Brene Brown says, there's got to be blood on the floor for it to be real. Because mm. life is hard. Mm. Um, so, and he says, you know, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And this is very, this is very Jesusy. Um, Jesus was not interested in public displays of righteousness for no good reason. Um, he was really interested in really helping people. Uh, and so this is this is part of the DNA of the Christian church, loving in truth and in action. Um, and right away, John realizes that maybe people are hearing him as laying down the law. like, oh, he's told us we have to love people and care for folks. We're doing a terrible job at that, and we start accusing ourselves and berating ourselves and just feeling like not a very good christian if you're not listening to the brothers all podcast i highly recommend it um john's all in that talks by the way about how he was in seminary and asked a room full of his classmates also training for ministry if anybody felt like they were doing a good job at being a christian and no one raised their hand um or maybe he said something like, Who's doing, who is doing a bad job at being a Christian, and all the hands went up. Anyways, it was universal that everybody who was training for ministry felt like they weren't a good Christian. And so that internal voice of self-accusation is almost ever-present. And so John knows that people are going to be hearing him say, love one another, love and truth in action. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, we're not doing a good job at that. And so he says, look, whenever your hearts condemn you, know that God is greater than your hearts. This is verse 20 so Hmm. he says your feelings uh your emotional life which can rise and fall and sometimes you feel close to god and sometimes you don't uh, god is greater than all that and he knows everything he knows what you're worried about he knows what you're anxious about he knows your self-recriminations and your self-doubt and your self-loathing and all that and so it's just this wonderful comforting word uh that that john gives us Hmm.
1: i mean that's wonderful
0: yeah And I mean, I can, I can go on all day. In fact, I will. Mm. One more thing I want to say here is, um, the, uh, the thing here where he, in verse 22 says, we receive from God whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is something that the old Adam, the law lover in us likes to hear, but also we get a little bit scared because, oh my gosh, I'm not obeying his commandments. And, uh, so if I don't obey his commandments, that I won't get the stuff that I want. I, sh- I should try harder to obey the commandments so I get what I want. And what John says here is he, he-, he comes in and corrects that because what he says is that the-, the way you obey God's commandments is by believing in Jesus, trusting in him, putting your faith in him, um, and from that comes the loving of one another, and from that comes you know the the life that we are called to live um and so and again in verse 24 finally uh he, john wants to underline the fact that it is the spirit of god in us that that god has given us that enables us to do this so every time we want to make this some sort of moralistic <laughs> list of things we need to do john reminds us it is done and it is god that is doing it in us
1: yeah and you know and this ties into the gospel in uh and you know chapters 15 and 16 and uh, where Jesus at the last supper is reminding them do this in remembrance of me you know this this is his commandment you know if you uh and And really it's it's in that commandment doing this in remembrance of him that bread and that wine that we're actually pulled up outside of ourselves and we're reminded that there's only one name under heaven by which we shall be saved it's in that it's in it's in it's in all who obey his commandment do this in remembrance of me that actually find that they are abiding in him because they're being nourished by him and being sustained by him and really that is what the gospel does it doesn't bring us inside ourselves it's always us ourselves up outside of ourselves so i would approach this also you can definitely um approach this a little more sacramentally as well
0: yeah absolutely and uh let's move on to john 10 where jesus says i am the good shepherd giving the traditional name for this sunday good shepherd sunday uh and um this is a key image of who jesus is how he sees his ministry Uh, But as importantly, it's supposed to tell us something about ourselves. If Jesus is the good shepherd, it means that we are sheep. And I think that is such a helpful corrective to how we normally see ourselves, which is we tend to see ourselves as like assistant shepherds. I think a lot about Dwight Schrute, who whenever Michael (laughs) Scott in the office wants to gather everybody in the conference room to deliver some sort of announcement, you know, he sees himself as the shepherd and all the lowly sheep are there to listen to him. Dwight doesn't want to be a sheep he sort of will go up and stand next to michael just behind him like i'm you know he's the manager but i'm the assistant regional manager you know or to the regional manager like he just can't (laughs) abide being a sheep and i think that's so many of us as well and so we think that the christian life is like we have to be mini shepherds like out there like running around bossing people around making things happen but really if jesus is the good shepherd our job is to leave the pastor in the morning or leave the pen in the morning eat some grass while someone else watches our back and protects us we're supposed to be munching away uh chewing and regurgitating food over and over making a sweater on our body and then at the end of the day we go back to the pen because the shepherd leads us and feeds us some more stuff we go to sleep like it's not an exalted position we're sheep and the and we have a good shepherd and there's supposed to be something comforting about that for us Mm.
1: yeah I think well and I think that that's a powerful thing what Jesus is doing here is he's really taking on the religious authorities of his day um, you know, because the shepherd was the, the image of, uh, of Israel and the image of like the, the religious leaders. And even the prophet Isaiah, he goes on about like the shepherds of Israel have gone, ast- like led their people astray. And he's like, I'm actually the good one. You know, everyone, mm-hmm. all these other suckers are bad shepherds. These are actually hirelings. And, uh, you know and that was a that was an interesting thing because to be a shepherd that was a hard job And it was a lowly job and you know And if I didn't want to if I had other things to do on my like farm Well, I'd I'd pay some folks to do it, but you know when the wolves or the thieves came along Well, I'd be the first one out of there and so but Jesus is like I'm actually the good one and here It is like where he really emphasizes this idea and we've talked about this a lot on same old song He's not the guy who just, like, is the victim here, the divine victim. Jesus knows exactly what he's getting into, and he lays his life down for his sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord and I have the power to lay it down and not only lay it down, but I got the power to bring it back up. And that is an important thing because the word lay is used several times here. And what Jesus is uh, inferring here, what Jesus is doing here is, is he's basically emphasizing the fact that I'm going to die for my sheep and then I'm going to rise for my sheep. And my friends, that is why he's the good shepherd, because it is not a religion of do. You know, that's what bad shepherds tell you to do. That's what hirelings tell you to do. And then when you find yourself coming into contact with the rejected stones of your life, they leave you in the dust because you don't, you don't add up. But Jesus will never leave you. Jesus lays his life down for you right there in the gate. And no animal, not even sin, death, and the devil can get you because he's the good shepherd. And now he's made us all one flock in his name. Jew, Gentile, Aaron, Jacob, you know, we're all one flock now because of Jesus. And gosh, because of that, we might actually care a little more about the refugees there in the Ciudad Juarez, you know, uh, and we might ha- show as much concern as we did about those people as we did three years ago when Trump was president. I mean, I think, you know, I think this begins to shift everything and it turns us into shepherds as well, who will stand up uh, and uh, and lay our lives down for one another. I'm, I'm one of seven people still watching The Walking Dead. And, uh, um... <laughs> And uh, episode 19 of season 10, there's this powerful scene where the, they find this guy who's gone basically crazy. And he's like, I don't believe they're like, we're a community and we help each other. We, we love each other. And these people have been through death together. And he's like, I don't believe it. And he puts one bullet in the gun. And he's like, one of you. And he plays like Russian roulette. And he's like, one of you will either you'll. Take the gun and you'll shoot each other, you know, we're gonna play this game and the the priest he takes the his name's Gabriel He takes the gun and he like puts it to himself He lays his life down for his friend and it like clicks and it misses and then the guy's like this is all BS This is all BS your turn and you've got a little daughter and the, the gun spins and he like takes it and he doesn't point it at Gabriel he points it at himself And the guy's like, I do not believe this. This is not real. And they're like, this is the new community. Hmm. And like the guy, like breaks down, and this is what the new community literally does. It's not anything we would naturally do. This is something that has been created by a good shepherd that's
0: changed everything. And it's true. So let your people know uh, watch The Walking Dead. Uh, there's still some good things going on in there. And also that they are sheep. And, uh, yes. and we get into a lot of trouble when we forget that we're sheep and we, we try to become mini shepherds. Mm. Um, so uh, leave, leave that work to Jake, whose beard uh, qualifies <clears throat> but, him.
1: But filled with the Holy Spirit... Amen. All of a sudden, you become a shepherd as well. And uh, you know what I mean? And there are like, and God massed himself through you, will use you in mighty ways to fight off all sorts of wolves and other crazy things. Don't get it twisted. It's not you. It's the Spirit, like Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Apart from that, you're a bumbling idiot. But um, uh, filled with it, golly, it's a glorious thing to behold.
0: Well, that's a good word, and that'll wrap us up for Good Shepherd Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Easter, and we'll see you here again next week for the fifth Sunday of Easter, where we'll talk more about uh, Jesus and uh, how to preach the best sermon of your life.
1: Amen. Somebody's looking, somebody cares, somebody...